When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 5, College Football Betting. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed the heck out of college football. And I obviously hope that you had a great weekend betting college football. But this is Episode 5. I am Aaron Torres. Uh, and just like I did last week, and just like I'm going to do every week going forward, we got two episodes a week of the College Football Betting Show with your boy Aaron Torres. Uh, Monday show will obviously be a reaction to the opening lines, which is what we're about to get to here momentarily. Uh, very excited to do that. I know so many of you do like to go to the window, log on to your apps early in the week uh, when you get the best numbers possible. So we are going to do that every Monday going forward. And then every Thursday, we will obviously, I will give you the deeper dive as I've had time to do more research and really plug into these games themselves. So Monday, Thursday going forward, really excited. Love you guys. Love your support as the numbers continue to grow up as word go up as word continues to spread about the college football betting show there. Torres, a couple quick notes. Uh, one, only goal of this show, as I've told you many times, is to get you the best information possible. But I will tell you, your boys' picks were pretty good last week. Uh, I went five and two. All of my picks go up at AaronTorresOnline.com every Wednesday. My goal is not to force my picks on you. But I do make them every week, and I went 5-2 and two this week, really happy with the results. Also worth noting, of course, uh, as John Rothstein likes to say, got to stay humble, stay hungry. Uh, and so I understand that uh, the second that I start bragging about how good I did, I'm about to get smacked in the face by Vegas and the books, bookmakers. But very happy with the performance last week and looking to continue it this week. The picks go up every Wednesday at AaronTorresOnline.com. In addition to that, we should have a, a sponsor soon. Very excited to share that with you. And finally, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres is available on YouTube now. Started a YouTube page last week. Uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, stuff from this show on YouTube. And so make sure, go ahead, if you search College Football Betting with Aaron Torres on YouTube, you will find it there. Also, if you go to my Aaron Torres podcast page on YouTube, there is a link to College Football Betting specifically. With that said, let's get to some College Football Betting. That's what the show is about, right? And what I want to do this week is something a little bit different. Um, you know, every week we've opened with the lines, the point spreads of this to that, and we're still going to do that. But because this isn't as marquee of a weekend, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, the only ranking top 25 matchup rankings in this weekend. What I want to do is uh, talk a little bit about the Heisman, because over the weekend we did get some updated Heisman odds, and we have a new Heisman favorite, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, and that man is Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. Uh, and I don't think the, that should ultimately be all that surprising. 
Um, if I had done a preseason show, and by the way, next year I will do a preseason show now that this podcast is established, but if I had done a preseason show, Matt Corral was a guy that struck me as not being that top four, top five, top six guy, but he did have value. Um, and to his credit, he has delivered early this year. He has nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, seven touchdowns, nine touchdowns passing, I should say, zero interceptions, seven touchdowns total on Saturday against Tulane, four rushing, three passing. And the bottom line is, under Lane Kiffin, it is not going to slow down. I also think the fact remains he's kind of taking advantage of an opportunity where some of the other guys that we expected to be good coming into the year have not really delivered up to expectations. Spencer Rattler has struggled. C.J. Stroud has struggled. D.J. Uyla Clemson is terrible. We will get to them in a minute. I don't blame it all on D.J., but these other guys have struggled. Now, in terms of betting Matt Corral, let me just give you one warning, one piece of advice. That's all I'm ever here to do, give you the best information possible. And what I would tell you is this. I do think if you bet Matt Corral right now, there's a chance you get like the worst possible number on him for a while. Remember, Ole Miss has a bye this week. They then play at Alabama two weeks from now. And so if he loses to Alabama, if he has a few interceptions, if Bryce Young balls out against him, I think there's a really good chance that the number works back in your favor and you can get him at a little bit of a better price in two, two and a half, three weeks from now. Uh, it's also worth noting, of course, if he balls out against Alabama, the number's going to get worse. But I just bring it up to say this doesn't feel like the time to bet Matt Corral if you really like him. Uh, but he is officially the favorite, somebody to keep an eye on. Right behind him, interestingly enough, Bryce Young at plus 225. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't love the value here on Bryce Young either. I just think, I do think, I'll say this with the Heisman and just college football in general. I do think there is a little bit of Alabama fatigue in real life in college football, but I also think there will be some with Heisman Trophy voters. Remember, Nick Saban has had three Heisman Trophy winners at Alabama, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, and last year with Devontae Smith. Last year, the top two finishers were both Alabama guys, Devontae Smith and Mac Jones. And so when you look at the landscape of this college football season, I just don't know that voters will be super eager to give it to another Alabama guy, redshirt freshman. I think everybody will assume he'll have another shot next year. And I also think there's a couple factors working against Bryce Young. One, I don't think that this is a dominant Alabama team that is going to steamroll through the regular season like Alabama did last year, making it a no doubt about it, no brainer. And what I would also say, I do think it hurts how much success Alabama quarterbacks are continuing to have after they leave Alabama. Three of them were starting quarterbacks on opening day. Obviously, Tua has since been hurt. But I only bring it up to say, like, if he puts up monster stats, the assumption is going to kind of be, yeah, he's supposed to. He's the quarterback at Alabama. His offensive coordinator is a former NFL head coach. There's no reason that he should not be putting up the stats that he potentially could in a Heisman Trophy race. And so when I look at Bryce Young, I just sit there and say he would have to be superhuman extraterrestrial good to win the award and I just don't love him at plus 225 worth noting number three spot Spencer Rattler at plus 1600 and I will say a couple things on Spencer Rattler one this did feel like the weekend that everybody kind of you know went against Spencer Rattler I got so many texts over the course of the weekend of like what is like like what is the I don't see it with Spencer Rattler and so I understand if you're just like I don't think he's that good I'm not betting him I'm not taking him what I would tell you, though, is if you do think Spencer Rattler can have a bounce back, plus 1,600, I do think there is some value there. It's also worth noting with Spencer Rattler, he did struggle out of the gate last year, five interceptions in his first three games. He only had two interceptions in his final seven games of last season. 
And so I bring it up because it's not as though he has not started slow and had success over the second half of the year. Oklahoma's struggling right now, but if they do get hot, it will be because of him. Spencer Rattler plus 1,600 probably has some value. I'll just qu- quickly rip through the rest of the top 10. Desmond Ritter at plus 1,800. Don't love it. C.J. Stroud plus 1,800. Don't love it. Malik Willis plus 2,500. He's going to put up great stats for a very good team. I don't know that Liberty is high profile enough for him to warrant serious consideration. Sam Howell plus 2,500 as well. Don't love that one. The one that is interesting to me, though, plus plus 3,030 to 1, JT Daniels. Um, I know JT Daniels is out. I know he's dealing with injuries. He dealt with injuries last year. Uh, But I do think this. George is going to be good all year. There's a potential they could go undefeated. There's a potential they could win the SEC and go to the college football playoff. And if they do, we're going to be looking to crown somebody at Georgia. Is it fair? Is it unfair? I don't know. But if they have a ton of success, we're going to want to give credit to someone. It's certainly not going to be Kirby Smart. This isn't fantasy football. You can't give the MVP to the defense. And so JT Daniels, I do think at 30-1, to has some value. Also in the top 10, Travion Henderson from Ohio State. Don't see it there. Same with C.J. Verdell at Oregon. With that said, let's switch gears. Let's go to the week four college football slate. That was your Heisman Trophy update. If there's any major moves, I'll make sure to keep you updated. But that was the one that I wanted to get you now. And I do want to transition to some games because, as I said, two top 25 matchups. We will talk about those. Take a quick break and come back with the rest of the slate. The first one, big one, Arkansas A&M at Jerry World. Top 25 matchup, top 15 matchup as Arkansas continues to roll. Texas A&M looks really good. And it's really funny because I was thinking about this game, and I was thinking about how, you know, when I – I don't want to say when I first started watching college football, but probably about a decade ago, it was really funny to to, to watch this game, and it was A&M who was the – basically the team that was always like everything that could go wrong did. Those were maybe the Mike Sherman days. It never really worked out for them. They always found a way to lose. And then Johnny Manziel comes on the scene, and A&M has now ripped off nine straight wins dating back to 2012. This after Arkansas took every game from 09, 10, and 11, two of them as a top 20 team. And so this is the first time in a while that it feels like there is some real balance in this rivalry. I think both teams come in believing that they can win and should win. The spread actually opened at A&M minus six. It is down to five and a half. The over-under is at 48. And I'll tell you, I think we're going to learn about a-, a lot about A&M here. Because I think when you look at A&M, they're 3-0, and as they should be. Credit to them. They've obviously dealt with some adversity. Um, but they weren't very good in that Colorado game. Now, I think Colorado, they play real defense for the most part. Not against Minnesota. But, you know, you look at that game. Tough situation. Haynes King gets hurt. They throw Zach Calzada in. I talked about it on last week's show. I do think Jimbo Fisher tried to overcoach, tried to show how smart he was and really tried to do too much with that backup quarterback, Zach Calzada. Second half, fourth quarter, they give it to Isaiah Spiller. They let Isaiah Spiller win him the game. They go down, score a touchdown, and that's exactly what they do. Um, What will be interesting, though, is how this offense is able to move the ball against a really good Arkansas defense. A&M has put up a lot of points early, 41 against Kent State, 34 against New Mexico. I don't think we have any idea, though, how they will actually do now that Zach Calzada is the starter against a Power 5 really good team. A&M's kind of the same boat. I mean, I just said Texas A&M is going to give the ball to C.J. Spiller and let him – or C.J. Spiller, Isaiah Spiller and let him eat. And I think Arkansas is going to do the same. Top 10 nationally in rushing offense. Uh, they just destroyed Texas seven and a half yards per carry, actually closer to eight. I think it was 7.8 yards per carry, if memory serves me correct. Destroyed Texas up front. 
And this is going to be a battle of attrition for both teams along the line of scrimmage. To his credit, I think K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas's quarterback, has been better this year than last year. But even last week, you look at it, 13 of 23 passing, really good, really solid, not elite. And you do wonder if Sam Pittman is going to take the ball out of his hands and run the ball as much as he can. Now, it's worth noting, by the way, uh, K.J. Jefferson threw for over 350 yards. So it's not as though he was terrible, but big plays from the wide receivers, big plays in the passing game. But it's not as though he is still yet a super efficient quarterback. And so to me, I just think it's worth noting. I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams, but it seems very clear to me that this game is going to be won along the line of scrimmage. Probably whoever runs the ball better is going to have success. I do expect both teams to kind of try and make the other's quarterback beat them. And so along with the run game, I know I'm doing like the really heavy hitting analysis here. Uh, I think whoever has the better quarterback play is probably going to win. I know terrible analysis, but that's really where we're at is, is both teams are going to take away the run game, make the quarterbacks beat them. And I think ultimately whichever quarterback does that is going to win. I would expect the over under to continue to drop throughout the week. Also that spread of five and a half. I would not be surprised if it continues to go down in Arkansas's favor because we just don't really know that much about this A&M offense. Other marquee game this weekend in Chicago, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Fascinating matchup because we're going to learn a lot about both teams. And as it pertains to Wisconsin, they cannot lose this game. This was a team that obviously lost their season opener to Penn State, a game that they outgained them, probably should have won. Now, second marquee game in three weeks, this one against Notre Dame. Line opened at four and a half, Wisconsin favorite. It's actually up to five and a half. And I'll be honest, I'm not really surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised, Wisconsin's defense is awesome, okay? It's easy to get lost in the shuffle. They lose to Penn State 16-10 week one. But first of all, I think that win looks a, that loss looks a little bit better considering what Penn State did to Auburn this weekend. But also just because of the fact that when you look at that game, Wisconsin shouldn't be upset because the defense was awesome. Defense right now is top 10 nationally. It's actually number two in total defense uh, at Wisconsin. And they've been in the top five nationally the last three years. So they play real defense. And I think what Wisconsin it's going to come down to, does Graham Mertz make plays? And what's really interesting about Graham Mertz is it's kind of the opposite of what I said about Spencer Rattler a few minutes ago, right? I said Spencer Rattler was a guy that really struggled early last season and got hot late. Graham Mertz is kind of the opposite. He had a great first game against Illinois season opener. He wins the starting job. Everyone's excited. Highest ranked quarterback recruit, I think, in the history of recruiting rankings to commit to Wisconsin. Throws for five touchdowns against Illinois. Everybody thinks he's amazing. He's the next, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 you know, Peyton Manning. And then the rest of the season, he completely falls off. Uh, he did get COVID in his defense. He did have to miss practice. But in the final, he had five touchdown passes in the first game, four TDs, five interceptions the rest of the year. So nine touchdowns, five interceptions, five of those touchdowns, more than half came in the first game against Illinois, and he struggled against pretty much everybody else. But again, last year was COVID. It was weird. So if you're the guy, Graham Mertz, it's time to step up. It's time to prove it. Didn't look that way against uh, Penn State. Missed a lot of easy throws. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what he can do against Notre Dame this weekend. I'll also say I think it's going to be fascinating to see what Notre Dame can do in this game. It's been well documented. It has been talked about a lot. They easily could be 1-2, maybe potentially 0-3. Even last week, they beat Purdue 27-13. It was a 17-13 game going into the fourth quarter. It was a 20-13 game with seven minutes to go. Purdue makes a play or two more on defense. 
they are able to put or play or two more on offense. They are able to win the game. Obviously, David Bell, their best player, gets hurt. And so even in beating Purdue, Notre Dame did not convince anyone that they are any better than we would expect. Biggest problem for Notre Dame right now, we all saw it in the Florida State game on Labor Day weekend. They can't stop the run. 76 nationally in rush defense, 93rd nationally in yards per rush allowed, okay? 93rd nationally in yards per rush allowed. That is what would concern me if I was a Notre Dame fan. Is this a team that can stop Wisconsin running the ball right at you? Because so far they have not been able to do it, and certainly they were not able to do it against Florida State. All right, what I want to do now, take a quick break. I do want to come back, and I do want to talk about the other big games across college football. Those were the two marquee ones. We will come back. We will kind of do a quick whip around, get out of here. This Monday show is designed to be quick, fast-paced, so we will be back momentarily. All right, everybody, I am back. Good to be back. Probably should mention, by the way, If you're not subscribed to College Football Betting with Aaron Torres, please make sure to do so. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to subscribe. If you could leave a rating and review also, that would be incredible. Let's get back into the week four college football slate. Let's start with Oklahoma. I talked a lot about Spencer Rattler. I don't buy Oklahoma. They are at home at night against West Virginia. Spread was open at minus 14.5, up to 16.5. And so Oklahoma's getting some juice here. And I think when I look at this game, it does sort of make sense to me, and let me explain why. Um, first of all, Oklahoma fans, like every fan in college football, they love night games. And so this is a night game. It's the ABC game of the week. Um, and it's one where I think that's important to this fan base. I mean, a lot of the reason that they went to the SEC, the administration kept hearing the fans didn't think the schedule was tough enough. They didn't think they played enough marquee games. And when they did, they're always at noon, like it was the other day, with Nebraska. So they get a night game. The fan base will be juiced. Uh, But I just don't think we know a ton about this Oklahoma team right now. They've played three games total. One was against an FCS team, Western Carolina. Okay. I don't even know where that is, what that even means, Western Carolina. And you take their stats and their two games against FBS teams, against Tulane in week one, against uh, Nebraska last week, they are not good. As I said, Spencer Rattler, two touchdowns, two interceptions against FBS opponents. One touchdown, two interceptions against Tulane a few weeks ago. Probably worth noting, that same Tulane team, Matt Corral had seven touchdowns. Spencer Rattler had one touchdown, two interceptions. And so the kid is really struggling. I'm not placing all the blame on him. But what I am saying is, you look at this team, you look at their stats, and you take out that FCS win against Western Carolina, they're not very good. They rank in the 80s nationally in total defense. If you take out that game, 86 nationally in total defense. Tulane and Nebraska were able to move the ball. Adrian Martinez, to his credit, actually took very good care of the ball in that game, except for that pick late in the game. And as it pertains to Spencer Rattler and the offense, more, more, I don't want to crush Spencer Rattler. It's mostly the offense. If you take out the Western Carolina game, 76 points, 264 yards passing, that would be 45th nationally. So we're taking out the Western Carolina game. They'd be 45th nationally in passing, 71st nationally in rushing, and as I said, in the 80s in total defense. I just don't think this team's very good. The thing is, though, I don't know what to make of West Virginia either. They are 2-1. and one. They lost to Maryland, who I think might legitimately be good on opening night, uh, and they did hold on to beat Virginia Tech last weekend. The thing with West Virginia, 
I just don't know what their identity is right now. Okay, right? Neil Brown is a guy that, you know, kind of an air raid guy, you know, monster numbers offensively at Troy. He has not found his quarterback yet at West Virginia. Jared Dagey, very solid quarterback, but he's not elite. He is, his numbers have actually regressed a little bit this year. Letty Brown has been very good running the ball, but I just don't know what their identity is. Last year, at the very least, they played elite defense. They actually had the number one pass defense in college football. That is not the case this year. And so this is one, look, I always try to be honest with you guys. If I feel like I have a lean, even early in the week, I try to tell you, this is one I have no great feel for because I just don't think any of us know what to make of West Virginia. And certainly, I don't think any of us know what to make of Oklahoma. Speaking of high-profile teams that are really struggling, how about them Clemson Tigers? Clemson's just bad guys. And, and, and I think it's important to note, teams do get better over the course of the year. We've seen, an, as an example, Ohio State has lost early in the year, come back to win a national championship. Alabama Clemson have obviously lost games and won national championships. But if you look at Clemson's numbers, and if you look at their numbers last year, their problems really date back to last year. Because Trevor Lawrence was there, nobody noticed it. They were 77th nationally in rushing offense last year. They could not move the ball on the ground. Travis Etienne, poor kid, came back to college and wasn't able to do anything. And so they weren't able to move the ball on the ground last year. It didn't get exposed to the college football playoff because Trevor Lawrence is so good. But the offensive line wasn't good, and that is continuing into this season. They play at NC State this week. The spread was 10. It's now down to 9.5, and, and the over-under is 47. And so you look at this offense. This is incredible. Their offense is ranked 114th nationally right now. 114th nationally at Clemson with all of those five stars. And it starts with their inability to run the ball. They had under 300 yards against Georgia Tech. And I don't think it gets any better. Now, I will say this is another one similar to what I just said with Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if NC State's the team to, to expose them. Because on the one hand, NC State plays real defense. Now, they, they've only played one FBS or a Power 5 opponent, excuse me, and Mississippi State won. But even in that game, NC State was able to kind of limit Mississippi State in what they did. Uh, 261 yards of total de – uh, let me start over. NC State's defense giving up 261 yards per game. That is the top 20 nationally. And so when I look at this team, I think it'll be really interesting in their game against Clemson. It is worth noting. They have – basically, they have the ACC's best linebacker, maybe, in Peyton Wilson. He is out for the year. He suffered an injury. That is something else to keep in mind in this game. Uh, but NC State plays real defense. They also turn the ball over way too much as well in the 80s in turnover margin, in the 90s last year, and 128th nationally in 2019. And so this is another one. I think Clemson gets tripped up. I think it could be this weekend. They are not good. I'm just not sure if NC State will be the team to do it solely because of the fact – uh, that they turn the ball over too much, and that kind of concerns me. The over-under, again, is set at 47. That may feel like a little bit of a smarter bet as Clemson goes to Raleigh this weekend to face NC State. 3.30 kickoff, so it's not even though it's a night game, which could have been a factor there as well. Uh, let's rip through a couple other ones. SEC, Tennessee, Florida. When I was a kid, this was the game of the year. This was Alabama LSU, except it was in early September, and one team lost. And when they lost, their season was basically over in September. That was Tennessee, Florida. I can promise you this. It ain't that no more, okay? Uh, Florida opens as a 20-point favorite. Over-under is 60.5 points. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting litmus test for both teams. Now, we'll get to Florida in a minute. But with Tennessee, uh, the defense has actually played really well. 
but they're another team, kind of like AM. Uh, you really, I don't think you can make much out of beating Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech. And against Pat Narduzzi and Pitt, they gave up 41 points and a crap ton of offense. Almost 400 yards of total offense, as a matter of fact, as I look at the box score here. Uh, what will be interesting, Tennessee, it appears as though Hendon Hooker is going to be the quarterback going forward. I'll be honest, I watched a lot of Michigan last year. I did not understand why Joe Milton was the perceived favorite, how he won the job. I don't wish ill will on anybody, but he was a guy that the same problems that he had at Tennessee, uh, he had at Michigan last year in terms of overthrowing. And so I do think Hendon Hooker, he doesn't quite have the natural gifts of Joe Milton, but he's a little bit more accurate. He runs the ball well. Uh, he's a great kind of read option quarterback that I think makes them really interesting. But again, we just don't know much about them because this defense statistically looks really good, but are they good or have they played two bad teams in Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech? With Florida, I'll say it. I said it on my Aaron Torres podcast on Monday, and if you don't listen to that, make sure to go back and listen as well. But on the Aaron Torres pod Monday, I talked about it. I said, look, Florida, I got to give them credit. I said, I was like, I don't think they're very good. I think they're overrated. I don't think they're a top, 20, uh, or top 15 team like they were coming into the year, according to the, uh, coming into that game, according to the rankings. I think they're really good. And the one thing they did against Alabama, I give them a ton of credit. They controlled both lines of scrimmage. They dominated the point of attack. Six yards rushing against Alabama. Held Alabama to three and a half yards rushing. And they are very good and very physical along the offensive and defensive lines. The only thing that really concerns me about this game is I would just say that when you look at this game, the, the concern would be, uh, you know, the, the, the body blow effect of playing Bama, obviously the emotional toll of being a, a team that had a chance to beat Bama and could not hold on uh, late, did not convert that two-point conversion. Otherwise, they could have beat Bama. Probably should have beat Bama. I said it on the Aaron Torres podcast. They were, I thought they were the better team for the final three quarters. I know it's cliche to say if that game has five more minutes, ten more minutes, another quarter, Florida goes on to win. So that's what's going to be interesting there. Is Hendon Hooker officially the guy at Tennessee? As I record, it's not positive. What do we even know about Tennessee? How does Florida bounce back after that game? Staying in the SEC, Kentucky, five-and-a-half-point favorite, over under 49-and-a-half at South Carolina. Another interesting one. This is Kentucky's first road game of the season. They were awesome two weeks ago against Missouri. They were awful against Tennessee Chattanooga. I didn't watch the game. I was told they probably should have lost. They had a lot of things go in their favor. Um, and we will see what happens going forward with Kentucky and this football program. I think they're really good. I think they have the chance to potentially be like a 10-2 and two type team. They're not Georgia good. I don't know if they're Florida good. But they're a really good program. Otherwise, this is the kind of game that you're supposed to win if you're Kentucky. Will Levis, Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator. This is how bad it got after that Tennessee-Chattanooga uh, game, by the way. Liam Cohen basically said, I let my players down. I saw Wandale Robinson also said that, that he knew that, that the effort needed to be better from the Kentucky offense. It'll be interesting. They're going up against a real South Carolina defense here. And I'm telling you, I'm starting to fall for Shane Beamer. I don't love him. I don't love his talent. But these guys play hard for him. They played until the end against Georgia. They compete. They are very good defensively. I just don't know if they have enough offensively in this game to compete. Kentucky is a top 25 defense nationally. But it's also Kentucky. You know, they played Missouri early. But what do we really know about them? Again, those stats inflated by playing UL Monroe in week one, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga last week. A couple others, LSU, Mississippi State. I mean, we know what happened at Mississippi State. Weird ending. Should have won that game. Bizarre, whatever. LSU, uh, what can you say? LSU 
you know, Ed Orgeron, Coach O, no pressure. This is a game you got to win if you want to keep your job. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite coming in. Over-under is at 56. What's interesting about Mississippi State, I think they're probably better defensively than they are offensively. Talk to somebody, you know, someone in college football. I don't want to say too much more than that. But, you know, you, they said they were more impressed on tape with their defense than they were with the offense early in the season. And so with Mississippi State, can they get the stops? Can they do what they need to do to win a game that at home, you know, if you want to be a team that is not the last place team in the SEC West, you got to win this game. I think it's legitimately possible, by the way, that these are the two worst teams in the SEC West and the loser of this game finishes in last place. LSU, again, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, have, to their credit, taken care of business the last two weeks against McNeese State and against Central Michigan. Totally different deal, though, as they get set to go to Mississippi State in a noon kickoff with all those cowbells. Just one or two more games of nope. UCLA, the number is moving way up. Uh, it started at three and a half. It is now five and a half at Stanford. UCLA, I know it's easy to overreact to that Fresno game. The one thing I will say, uh, that was a bad matchup for UCLA. That was actually one of my official picks that did hit last weekend. And again, stay humble, stay hungry. Not taking too much credit. But I had the over in that game because UCLA really struggles against good passing teams. Not sure that Stanford's that team. So that number is all the way up to five and a half, started at three and a half. Last game, Nebraska at Michigan State. This is one very fascinating. Michigan State opened as a four-point favorite. It is now up to five. Um, and, I, you know, what, what can you say? Do you trust Nebraska? Do you trust that they're improving? Do you trust that they're a better team? Or was that Oklahoma just isn't good? They caught them on the right day at the right time. We're going to find out. Michigan State, kind of the same thing. How do they handle success? They crush Miami. Everybody loves them now. Miami's ready to fire Manny Diaz. If you're Michigan State, if you're for real, you take care of this. Nebraska, yeah, you know, you want to be a national title contender again down the road under Scott Frost. You got to win road games. You got to win road games. And so this is a mega one for Nebraska and Michigan State. All right, I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. This is your Monday look ahead show. Hit the opening lines. And then later this week on Thursday, we will once again have our. Uh, our preview of the weekend where I, I dive deeper into all of these games. If you are not subscribed to College Football Betting with Aaron Torres, please make sure to do so. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, whatever. The show is also available on YouTube, so go find it there, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. If you search on YouTube, you will find it. Uh, and make sure to follow me, social media, at Aaron underscore Torres, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. And finally, the picks every Wednesday. AaronTorresOnline.com. That is all for today's show. Hope everybody has a fun week. It is great to have college football back, baby, isn't it? I'll catch you guys on Thursday's show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.